0: One, two, three, four. The darker the night, the brighter the stars. Everything's fun to a young heart when you find out what your heart used to be. It's gonna feel like you've been dreaming Love, if you want the truth, anything's possible You can walk up on the moon, or you can watch it roll It's never in the stars, it's in your heart This
1: is Pastor Glenn Thomas of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Early as the COVID-19 pandemic began to make its way around the world, I endeavored to write down some reflections on the meaning of this moment and what we might take from it. I've been adding new material for several months now, and including some thoughts on the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter protests as well. You can read these essays on my blog, Plains Words, plainswords.blogspot.com. If you have thoughts or comments about these words, use the blog to post your reply or send me an email at gthomas at smlutheran.com. the upside down. Think two, two little words. The Black Lives Movement and the COVID-19 pandemic can be summed up in two important words, essential and matters. Two words that confront one truth. This world's values are upside down. We do not know what is essential. We do not know what really matters. Or put better, we do not know who is essential. We do not know who really matters. There are right answers to the problem, not political, social, or economic answers, spiritual answers. Workers matter, not work, workers. Luther taught us that we exercise our faith in the daily vocations which serve the well-being of the community and the needs of our neighbor. Our world undervalues workers. While we have been busy living and dying by the rise and fall of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the foundation of all that is real and important has collapsed beneath us. Professionals, people with high-paying, white-collar jobs, have been able to survive this crisis, officing from home, preserving their routines and well-being with minimal consequence to themselves or their income. It is the unemployment of waitresses and bartenders and retail clerks and custodians that has crashed the economy and driven millions to unemployment, food insecurity, homelessness. All of the investment bankers and stock traders together cannot save the world. Teachers matter, not merely because many parents are overwhelmed by trying to solve the work at home and school the children at the same time puzzle, discovering how hard teachers actually work. Teachers fill a great spiritual need in the community. Faith is nurtured in the sharing of our story from generation to generation. Passing on the deep values of the kingdom and preparing children to live them out in an increasingly complicated world is a demanding exercise. The task that cannot be replaced by all of the self-serving homeschooling in the world. No amount of rote memorization will bring back the good old days. No amount of ignorant anti-elitism will stop the future from coming. It's time to stop pretending that education is an evil thing, that thinking and questioning are bad things. Teaching children, all children, to use their God-given gifts of imagination and reason, helping them to reach and grow, is a matter of life and death. Not just for the sake of the children, but for all of those who have to live in the world they make. Stuff does not matter. We just think it does. And crises like these heighten our self-indulgent anxiety about stuff. Hoarding is the go-to response. Hoarding of everything. Who truly imagined a world where finding toilet paper would require a significant personal quest? There are empty shelves in the grocery store now. It's unsettling, but we have, and we will, survive. Maybe even more than survive. We have lived so long in a state of overabundance that we have completely lost track of the meaning of the word enough. Perhaps it's time to get reacquainted. A little honest reflection will reveal that we actually can do without most of what we are actually doing without. Reflexively, we complain about what we no longer have, probably because we don't feel like we had a vote in the matter. That does not erase the truth. We have more than what we need, a more painful realization when we watch others lose what little they had to begin with and spiral into hunger and homelessness. The social contract matters. Being disconnected to the needs of our neighbor is one thing, Being divorced from the structures and norms that sustain the very fabric of community is quite another. We mourn the decline of beloved institutions, the organizations and societies that the world used to care about, but we overlook the essential value on which they were built. Community requires structure, organization, ritual, and tradition. Community requires governance. Richard Rohr reminds us that boundaries are, and I quote, necessary in any spiritual system, both to reveal and to limit our basic egocentricity. Such containers make at least some community, family, and marriage possible. Boundaries seem to be the only way that human beings can find a place to stand, a place to begin, a place from which to move out. Even those who think they don't have any boundaries usually do. We discover them when we trespass against them. The human soul flourishes on solid ground. God ordains governance, not the fiasco we call politics that keeps radio and cable TV news commentators in business, but the holy work of establishing peace and justice in the kingdom of this world. The Hebrew word for justice, mishpah, is rooted in the realities of courts, of judicial processes and procedures, the very real systems and structures that establish and maintain community. Just community is not a philosophical idea. It is a tangible human practice, a commitment that we must all make and keep to each other. This can be a very painful revelation to creatures who think that they should be allowed to live their lives unbound and unimpeded. Community is lived out in offices and vocations in orders that create and preserve justice and keep chaos at bay. It is the heart of how Luther taught the Fourth Commandment. Giving honor was not limited to biological parents. It was commanded for all authority figures. And I quote, Out of the authority of parents, all other authority is derived and developed. The same may be said of obedience to the civil government. Authority belonged to those institutions and structures that enable and protect community. It's not about power, either seizing it or succumbing to it. It's about something much bigger. Government serves the greater good. We may at different times fill different roles, sometimes leading, sometimes following, but in all things we complement one another for the sake of something larger something that mirrors the very nature of the kingdom of God. In a world that worships individualism, being told what to do is the enemy, faith leads us to striving after fulfilling God's expectations. Monuments to the Ten Commandments stand guard over houses of worship to serve as guidelines to personal advancement rather than the measure of life well shared. We refuse to keep God's precepts in daily life, to personify them by honoring, protecting, keeping, respecting, and preserving the well-being of our neighbor. And we really, really resent being told that we have to. Luther believed in the importance of good government and respectful citizenship, not theocracy, which he fought against, but faithful people using their God-given gifts to establish a civil and equitable society. It is how the Gospel is manifest in the world. Disciples serve the community, they do for others. Followers of Jesus reveal God's love in their acts of love for others, not merely in words, and surely not in love for self. If only we could live in such a world. But we have replaced serving with idolizing, humility with self-importance, faith with religion. The pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement are the light revealing that our neighbors have paid the price of our sin, sometimes with their lives. Rather than embrace our shared responsibility to one another, we have created an adversarial relationship with government. As Luther wrote 500 years ago, and I quote, why do you think is the world now so full of unfaithfulness, shame, misery, and murder? It is because everyone wishes to be his own master, be free from all authority, care nothing for anyone, and do whatever he pleases. Propagandized myths proclaim that government is incompetent, corrupt, useless, expensive, and so must be abolished, disregarded, bankrupted. Right analysis, wrong conclusion. Rather than address the problems of individuals who corrupt their calling to governance, or the systems that empower them, we have thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. Anarchy functions at both ends of the political spectrum, and each accuses the other of being un-American. The cost? A world that does not function. Peace and justice that go uncertain. The powerful and rich profit, while Rome burns. The problem is systemic. Institutions that are meant to serve and protect the many have been recast as instruments of violence and oppression to guard the few. Poor people, migrants, people of color, all those who fit under Jesus' designation, the least of these are regularly declared de facto criminals. The system of judgment has devolved into a system of punishment. Neighborhood patrols have become combat units. Peace officers exchanged for stormtroopers. The Black Lives Matter movement was precipitated by the intersection of the long historical arc of American racism and the rise of police militarization. The American community is burning because we set it on fire. One more, one more important thing. Diversity matters. If sin is the force that constantly turns us back into ourselves, Diversity is the work of the Spirit to remind us that we are not in this alone. Our need to separate things, separate people, rejects the creation's defining quality in favor of its meanest attributes, ethnicity, race, creed, sexual orientation, gender, trivialities, all. 99% of the genetic information in DNA is common to all human beings. The remaining fraction is, to borrow a word from Luther, adiaphora, in essence, other stuff, unimportant, indifferent, things which cannot logically be differentiated, a great amount of hate built on nothing real or useful. That is not the nature of the creation. God defines life by its abundance. We define it by false notions of supremacy a meaningless activity that leads to soulless hatred and violence. We are desperate to compete, conquer, destroy, as if all our esteem depended on it. Having divided the world into winners and losers, we will be winners, no matter the cost. Unable to live in peace, we have made war and violence normal, a readily available solution to protect the pretense of community while not giving up our place of privilege. And we will not give up our privilege knowingly or not at any price. The old chestnut that we are colorblind when it comes to others is a comfort afforded only to people of privilege. Good intentions are not a solution to discrimination and divisiveness, but a shield against its ugly truth. The experience of people of color in this society, the struggles of our black and brown neighbors is neither accidental nor deserved and it is not the same as ours we cannot love our neighbor while denying his or her truth We cannot expect others to be more like us when we construct barriers to keep them separate and we shouldn't expect that anyway god made unique creatures to inspire and challenge one another to complement and to teach one another not to separate or subjugate or disregard one another. Learning to treasure and respect one another and use our differences to build community is the best and only path to the kingdom of God. We are being confronted by so many hard truths right now. The time of quarantine is opening our eyes to the inherent brokenness of our world. But the gospel is itching for us to turn it upside down. Love our enemies. Turn our cheeks. Give without asking. Pay the latecomer the same as the one who worked all day. Make the last first, and the first last. Jesus' words, his work, lead us to one infallible conclusion. He has in mind a very different kind of world than the one in which we live. Can we follow where we have been led? Now that we have the time to change things, will we? only if we can find a way to accomplish the most essential act of humanity and say the words that really matter i am wrong join me next week for thing
0: 3 what if we're wrong if you want the truth anything's possible you can walk up on the moon or you can watch it roll it's never Stars, it's in your heart Yeah, you'll be kicked around But get up anyway And you'll be broken